This is Fostering Conversations with Utah Foster Care, where we have insightful conversations about parenting for bio, foster, adoptive, or blended families to better understand the experiences we all face as families. Hello, Utah families. As we're recording this, we know that kids of all ages are returning to school, and that, of course, includes colleges and universities. So we're taking this opportunity to turn our attention to helping foster and foster adoptive parents out there who are looking at resources available to help their kids get on track for higher education. Let me bring in my co-host, Liz Rivera. Hello, Liz. Hi, Deborah. And we've both seen the stats, um, and those stats show us that it's an urgent issue because starting in high school, uh, nationwide, less than half of youth in foster care graduate high school to begin with. Absolutely. And that has implications for their future. And then less than 10% um, enroll in higher education. So, you know, we, we are concerned about the long-term implications that uh, this lack of education may have in their lives. And there is a program, two highly successful programs here in Utah, who have uh, sought to address that issue. Um, one is called First Star, the other is called Impact Scholars. They're both based at the University of Utah. First Star is the four-year program, and that actually begins when youth are in ninth grade. And its goal is to improve those educational outcomes for youth in foster care in Utah. And that, of course, is that more of these young adults achieve some kind of post-high school degree. We expect this topic to spark some great ideas, so be sure to give us a review and feedback online. Our guests today include two students who are part of First Star and its companion program, Impact Scholars. The third guest is director of both those programs based at the University of Utah. So first, I'd like to welcome our two students. Um, so Kalan graduated from the First Star program this year. Yay, congratulations. Uh, she's a freshman at the University of Utah. Um, she was in foster care in Montana and Utah and was adopted by a foster family here in Utah when she was 16 years old. So congratulations on that too. Now, Alex, um, he aged out of the foster care system, um, but he was able to get some support transitioning to Salt Lake Community College. But once school started, those supports, as often they do, disappeared, um, and, and she dropped out and became an EMT. Now at 33, Alex is part of Impact Scholars and was on the staff at First Star this year. She served as a mentor to many teens and is planning on returning to school. Congratulations on that. We'll start our conversation with the director of First Star and Impact Scholars, Alexa Hudson. Hello, Alexa. Hello, Deborah. <laughs> we gave a brief overview of uh, your program, First Star, but let's begin with why you started in the ninth grade and why you think it's been so successful. So first of all, I just want to say thanks for having us here today. Um, we appreciate uh, being able to visit with you all. So First Star begins in ninth grade so that students have time to prepare for higher education. Usually, uh, as you all know, students in the foster care system switch placement frequently. And often when they switch placements, they also switch schools. And studies show that every time a student switches a school, 
there results in three to four months of educational loss. And so by the time a student in foster care reaches senior year of high school, they could be two, maybe three years behind peers. It's difficult at that point to catch up academically, let alone start in higher education um, prepared to excel. So the goal of First Star is really to be with students starting in ninth grade through all those transitions that they may encounter as they're in the system and able to help facilitate transitions between schools from like a bureaucratic standpoint, like transcripts, things like that, but also, and more importantly, from an academic and a well-being standpoint. So we work with students to make sure those academic gaps are filled by, especially in like math and language arts, so they don't fall behind. And we work with students as well to create a community so that as they are moving schools, homes, towns, there's always a at least one place they know they belong and can feel safe in. And they meet periodically, right? As a group, as a community. Yes. So we live on campus, on the University of Utah campus together for a month every summer where we take classes in math, language arts, but also we try to do a lot of exciting coursework that might be new to students like robotics, yeah, so yeah, let's bring Kalan in because as you're talking, Kalan is nodding her head enthusiastically. <laughs> so we'd love to hear from you, Kalan, and, and what you've learned and what you've experienced in First Star. Okay. Um, first, I just want to say First Star is a, a blessing to people like me, youth in foster care, who are transi- transitioning in life, new homes, and like new schools. And um, it's just great to have a community where there are adults and peers your age who are going through the same thing that can hold space for you and you can do the same for them. It's just super meaningful to have a place where you can like build relationships that are like more consistent than what you'd otherwise have in like school and and family situations. But in classes, um, other than like the math and English that we get to take, we also do really fun things and have speakers come in and they talk about things from like equity and social justice to like book club art classes we do robotics and we even have people learn about like financial literacy there's classes for so many really cool things and it's just really cool to like we have have so many corresponding organizations that like intertwine to just help you they're all there to support you and I think that's really beautiful that sounds wonderful like I I think Deborah mentioned that sense of community so in addition to the educational opportunities that educate that that community which is essential for us as human beings so we want to go back to Alexa now and um, have her talk a little bit about the impact scholar program yeah so our impact scholars program is quite new um, and it's modeled off of programs in other states that are quite successful Folks may have heard of Guardian Scholars in California. Boise State has an Impact Scholars program as well. The goal of Impact Scholars is to be a college resource for the foster care community. So parents, students who are in 12th grade or older, folks who might be returning to school after some time away, who are looking for support with how to fill out FAFSA, Do I qualify as an independent um, or a dependent? What kind of scholarships might I be able to receive? Can I get ETV funds? You know, there are various funding streams available 
within the state of Utah for youth in foster care, but they can be difficult to find or access. So we try and work with folks through that process. And then we work with folks to apply to college as well, whatever their, whatever college or institution they're excited about. So for folks who can, who end up enrolling at the University of Utah or Salt Lake Community College, we then are able to continue to support them throughout their time at those two institutions. So that's holistic support. So anything from, you know, making sure that they're connected to their academic advisor, helping them register for classes, trying to figure out financial aid holds that might be getting in their way, um, helping them during breaks find housing so they are homeless. There is all kinds of uh, different needs that we work with. We think of it a lot as just walking beside our students throughout you know, the college experience and hoping, hopefully removing as many barriers as we can alongside them. And this is available for anyone who has experienced foster care in their lives. That's correct. Great. Well, Alex is one of those people. And Alex, you are part of the Impact Scholars. How has that has an impact on your education? Yeah. Um, first, I'd like to correct my story a little bit um, because it is a really common story. So I was set up after high school to go to college. I lost touch with the state and workers and had no food, no assistance, none of that awesome stuff that Alexa was talking about, all the support. So I actually ended up homeless after a year of college. And the state solution was to put me up in a hotel by the freeway, 300 miles away from my campus. So then I moved to Utah and I just started working. I went back to EMT school on my own. Another statistic to go along with the one that you mentioned at the beginning is 20% of the kids who age out of foster care immediately become homeless. And in some parts of the country right now, as of 2019, 40% are homeless within four years. So for me, what I wanted school to be was that support. And it totally was not. (laughs) But now, like now coming back and and finding impact scholars, it has 100% been what I needed, like to the point where I wish I could time travel. (laughs) I I wish I could explain it where, you know, you go from completely clueless, because I was and still am like completely clueless. Uh, College is terrifying. Talking to advisors would rather not. And uh, when I started Impact Scholars, there was no like, uh, well, why aren't you doing this or that? It's here, let me help you do this or that. And so it started with, well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go to school? And the conversation just kind of grew to where now, what is today, the the 20th? Yeah, in 10 days, I start electrical school at Davis Tech and everything's taken care of right now. So complete opposite situation. (laughs) So it's an awesome program. And uh, Alex has been great. Everybody has been great. And uh, I love working with First Star and awesome program. And I just ask, how did you find them? Um, Because I can't imagine it's, they're just, you had to maybe look for them. How did you find them? Yeah, so uh, I want to say probably a lot of angry Google searches and like looking for aid, like financial aid. And uh, I think I ended up sending a like ranty email to one of the advisors, like, why is there no help for me? I'm so old and I just want to go to school. <laughs> and uh, and there, again, the response was like, yeah, I think I can help you. And I was like, no way. <laughs> so it was, it was a complete like serendipitous 
thing. And I'm, I'm super happy that I was not met with contention. <laughs> well, and it's great to know that that people of all ages can access this. Like you said, it's just not for the 18, 19 year olds, because everybody knows that they're going into higher education on their own time these days. And it's, it's important to include the applied technology because that's where a lot of the jobs are. Yeah. With uh, people in care, a lot of us, a lot of, all of us have trauma, but we also, a lot of us are neurodivergent. And so leaping into college and succeeding immediately probably wouldn't have been in the records anyway, but those other options like for example, Job Corps and, and other things are, are so nice to be included. Totally agree. So uh, Alexa, who is eligible for First Star? Let, let's go back to First Star and how do they apply if there's people you know, listening for that right now? Yeah, so we recruit ninth grade students every October through February. So starting October 15th, our application for First Star will be open on our website, which is firststar.utah.edu. We will accept a few students in 10th grade just to sort of fill spots if, if other students have left or plan on leaving. And then once you're in in ninth grade, you're in for all four years. Can you serve everyone that applies? You, you must have a limited capacity. Yes, so we only serve about 15 ninth grade students every year. We currently serve, so we currently serve a total of 30 students, but we are building to serve a total of 60 students by 2024. And we don't anticipate serving more than that at any one time. And what about Impact Scholar? How many can you serve there? So at Impact Scholars, we're only, because of funding, able to serve about 20 students at the moment. We could serve many more if we were able to secure more long-term funding. And once we do that, we do hope to expand. And you do have the support of some grants, like from the Alex Smith Foundation. Yeah, we actually have support from a lot of wonderful places here in Utah. So First Star Academy is partially funded by um, the Utah State Board of Education, the Department of Child and Family Services, as well as many like private foundations like the Sorensen Legacy Foundation, the Eccles Foundation, uh, and a variety of others. And then Impact Scholars, we won a grant through the Utah Community Foundation a couple of years ago. And then Alex Smith, the NFL quarterback who graduated from the University of Utah, he funds uh, scholarships for first-star graduates who attend the University of Utah, a local family of um, a woman named Tamara Hamilton. So we offer two scholarships there. And then we have a, a, a couple of other partnerships that we engage in to provide scholarships for students at other institutions outside the U. So for foster parents who are listening, well, your adopted parents, how did they help you through this process and any advice you could give them? Well, my parents are very supportive of my education, which is really um, a blessing for me. And they're both teachers. So when they found out about the First Star organization, they were all over that. They were like, you really got to get in there. That's just such a wonderful opportunity for you. And especially because there's only like 
15 spots every year. I started with the Saturday academies before I went to the summer academy to live there because I had just moved here in ninth grade at the second half of it. And I was just still transitioning. I barely knew my family that I was living with. So I wasn't ready to do first star. But while I was there, my parents would just, they dropped me off and then I'd call them whenever I needed to talk to them. There's visits. So if you want to see your parents while you're living up at the U, for a month, you get to go see them or they can come see you. The staff in First Star is super, they're very good at communicating with your parents on in terms of like where you're at educationally, where you're at like mentally at the U. They're really good at just embracing the relation, the different relationships everyone has with their parents. And they're really good at navigating that and making sure that everyone's needs are met, including the parents so that everyone's on the same wavelength. So we'll make sure we have um, the information uh, to apply both for First Star and Impact Scholars um, on the episode page. But I just want to, I think one thing, I'm not sure if we mentioned this, that for First Star, um, they have to have an open case too. So uh, they have to be in ninth grade and open case um, in order to, but Impact Scholars, as Deborah mentioned earlier, is anyone who's experienced foster care, regardless of their current status. So going back to Alex, why did you choose to go into electrical engineering? Well, I've been an EMT for eight years, and uh, one of the jobs I had as an EMT was in an industrial facility. I learned I had ADHD during that time. You know, when you're in EMT, you like get your hands dirty and you work with your hands a lot, especially out there. But the people who did that even more than me were the electricians. And I was just always so fascinated with what they were doing. And I was really nosy about it. And they were super supportive and, hey, just go be an electrician. And I was like, you know what? Okay. (laughs) What does that take? How many years and what kind of certificate do you get? You can do it through state union. Um, I have a friend who's doing that right now where they kind of send you to a job, give you a little school, send you to a job, do a little school. I I wanted a program where I would get like a, a formal education and then go into the field. But if you choose to do it all, it's around four years, but you are getting paid in some of that four years because you do become an apprentice. So four years until you're on your own making sparks. Making sparks. I like that. I like that. Alexa, somebody comes there and they don't know what they want to study. They don't really have any idea. How do you assess where their interests lie, where some of their skills lie? That's a great question. I think it, it is so variable depending on where that student is at and, and what's going on for them. I think for a lot of um, our high school students, they come into the program not necessarily thinking they want to go to college or believing they can. So really the, the work is, is just having fun and exposing students to, to a variety of careers, interests, fields of study, and, and forming a, a really strong sense of fun and community around learning. And that is where interest is found in and passion sparks, I think. And then for our impact scholar students, I think, you know, a lot of them, when they are ready to reach out and and want to work with us, they have a more defined sense of, of where their interests lie. And we can uh, have a sense of where they may want to go just from having a more traditional conversation like they do in advising offices all over the country. 
And Kalan, I'm I'm thinking with with a lot of kids in the foster care system with the many transitions. Part of this is just keeping them engaged, staying engaged. Is that right? Definitely. Um, before I moved to Utah from Montana, I moved six times in a year, and then I came to uh, First Star, and they were just saying. Like I got this mug after first star that says no, no work, only fun or no fun, only work. Yeah, no fun, only work. Because the whole time I was like, I just need to do my school. I'm not going to do anything fun here. Like I'm here to do what I came here to do. And they just kind of like gently brought me out of my shell. I'm on the UBJJ, the Utah Board of Juvenile Justice now because um, they had really powerful power ladies, women in power in the um legislature and like attorneys and stuff come in and talk to us so that we could go up to the, the Capitol and present information to legislators and just stuff that you wouldn't have opportunities to do even if you weren't in foster care and stuff like that just was it's just such a powerful feeling to know that you have people in your corner that are just there to like amplify your voice and just make sure that your voice is heard. Once you feel like that support and that stability, it's really easy to be like, hey, maybe I want to be a teacher or like, maybe I can do things and not just like stay locked up in my room all day. <laughs> and that's a big step. That's a really big step. It is. So one thing I was going to ask too, and, and we were talking about like your funding streams, Alexa, is there, are there opportunities for the public to donate toward either or both these programs too? Yes, there are donate buttons on both of our web pages, and we are super grateful for any and all support. We, we put it to good use in supporting our students. It sure sounds like it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click those buttons, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Before we wrap up, Alexa, could you please give us once again on where people can apply for either First Star or Impact Scholars? So First Star accepts uh, students in ninth grade who have open cases in DCFS or Catholic Community Services or a tribal social service. They have to have an open case at the time of application, but then we stay with students and families regardless of what happens to the case. So when it closes with adoption or reunification, we're still there. You can apply to First Star beginning October 15th through our website, which is firststar.utah.edu. If you are interested in joining Impact Scholars or talking to an Impact Scholars coordinator, you can reach out or apply through our website, which is impactscholars.utah.edu. Folks can reach out at any time. We're continually accepting applications and providing advising on an ongoing basis. If I'm someone that's applying for Impact Scholars, I want to know, can I talk to Alex? Sure. You seem really, really inspirational. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Hang in there. And we're looking forward to hearing about you causing, causing sparks in everybody's life. Um, Kalan, want any more final words from you for any of the kids or their foster parents listening to this? I say just embrace change and accept all the help with love. Yes, keep it going. And final words from uh, Liz? 
I'm just, I, I feel really hopeful in this conversation. I think sometimes, you know, we, we kind of get down in, in all the, the difficulties that, that come up sometimes in the system, but this conversation has made me really help, hopeful um, for individuals as well as our, our community. The system can work. That's what it's, it's told me today too. And there's just a lot out there, but you, you sometimes need to be persistent uh, like Alex said, sometimes you just have to do a crazy Google search, but it's all right here if you want to listen to it again. And we will have information on this and other resources to look at higher education for kids in foster care, no matter at what point in their lives they're at. We'd also love to hear your feedback. So keep that in mind as you listen today. We also have, as we said, the list of resources, and we'd really appreciate any thoughts or comments to everyone out there, and especially to our guests, Kalan and Alex and Alexa, the director of both of these important programs. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next month. So long, everybody. This has been Fostering Conversations with Utah Foster Care. Thank you for joining us. For more information, go to utahfostercare.org. We'll see you next time 